You're listening to the Passionate DJ Podcast, episode 20. Welcome to the Passionate DJ Podcast, where it's all about becoming a better DJ through passion and purpose. And now, your host, David Michael. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Passionate DJ Podcast. I'm your host, David Michael, and today we're going to be talking about how to find the best DJ controller for you out of the given options right now in uh, the middle of 2015. What are the things that we need to look for in order to choose the right piece of DJ gear, uh, whether it's your first one, whether you're a brand new DJ, or you're ready for an upgrade, or the one you've got, you're just, you think you have a, a different workflow in mind, that sort of thing. As I announced last episode, I've just come out with my ultimate guide to DJ controllers for 2015. That is out now. Uh, you can get to that by going to passionatedj.com forward slash controllers. Be a real easy link to get you there. So I was given some thought to how I wanted to open the podcast tonight. And I was just kind of browsing around the Passionate DJ Facebook page. And uh, about a week or two ago, I posted a... It was a picture of a movie poster. And this is something that I've... Every once in a while, I post it, repost this. Because it always gets a little bit of attention from those who recognize it. But it's for the movie Groove. Uh, This came out, I want to say, the early 2000s. Don't quote me on that. But that general era and it really kind of exemplified the uh you know sort of 90s rave culture and that sort of thing it's very 90s feeling film uh cheesy and dated in some ways but really just a cool cool thing to watch so i just wanted to go through a few of the comments here trip says definitely love this flick have it on dvd Better Living Through Circuitry is a really dope documentary on the 90s rave music and scene. Moby, Carl Cox, Crystal Method, Kiyoki, Roni Size, some others worth the watch. So it was kind of cool going through these comments. There were a lot of other similar movies and documentaries that were brought up and mentioned. Some people say, hey, check out this one, it's better, or it reminds me of this one. Derek says, this movie is what pushed me to become a DJ. Uh, John Chappell, who we've had on here for an interview before, he says that this was literally the movie that made him interested in raves and promoting. Pretty good uh, cult classic film that uh, a lot of people remember and kind of, this was a throwback Thursday post. So uh, Tim Hayes says, I own it on DVD. Also check out 24-Hour Party People. Michael says, Moonshine Over America is a good one. A lot of people mention human traffic. So I'm wondering... You know, maybe a question of the day, which of these types of films have you seen and recommend, would you recommend, that kind of show rave culture and sort of the history of this uh, underground dance music thing? Uh, What's your favorite ones? Post it in the comments of the show notes today by going to passionatedj.com forward slash 020 for episode 20. Uh, A lot of people mentioned a part of this movie. It was called The Nod. A lot of people mentioned The Nod. Steve Gilson, who we've also mentioned on the podcast before, he actually posted a a clip to this, and I'm going to play the audio for it uh, for this clip right here. Obviously, you can't see what's going on. You can't see The Nod happening, but just to give you a little context here, there there are actually two clips put together here, two different scenes, and you'll kind of hear 
the the promoter talking about what he means by the nod, and then you'll hear the moment when that actually happens in the movie. So I'm going to go ahead and play that for you now just because it's kind of a cool little clip. Why do you do this to yourself? Don't even get paid? Risk getting arrested? For what? You don't know? No. The nod. The nod? Yeah. Happens to me at least once every party. Somebody comes up to me and says, uh, thank you for making this happen. I needed this. This really meant something to me. And they nod. And I nod back. That's it. That's it. Hey, Ernie. Yeah? I'm, uh, I'm glad I found you. I don't know, I just wanted to say, you know. Thanks. No problem. Anyways, just a cool little clip. It was kind of making me a little nostalgic for this movie, even though I watched it many years after it came out. and want to thank my friend Tommy for introducing that movie to me. And I wonder how many of my listeners have sort of experienced that, or at least can relate to what he's talking about when he says the nod. You know, the nod basically represents the uh, the gratefulness of the the audience or a particular audience member. There's always somebody out there who actually really appreciates all the hard work and everything that goes into putting on a show like that. And while most people just come in, they they do their thing, they pay their cover, and they leave, a lot of promoters uh, who say they you know do it for the love and that sort of thing, this is what they're talking about. It's because they're able to make something happen for their scene, for their people, their friends, that they appreciate that they would otherwise wouldn't have had. So just a cool little moment from that movie. And you guys uh, recommend me some cool documentaries or films about the rave scene and rave culture and that sort of thing. I'd love to hear it, uh, hear what your recommendations are and why you like it. Anyhow, moving on to today's main topic, how to choose a DJ controller. Now, the guide is live and we're going to be using it today as a sort of a, a guide, I guess, a guide for a guide. Um, We'll use this article as a guide for today's show. We'll put it that way. I don't want to just read it to you word for word, but, you know, some people like to consume their news and entertainment in audio form. I'm one of those people. I'm real big on podcasts now, which is why I started one. So, uh, but I want to give you a, sort of a an overview of the guide, and then we can, you know, go over why you should possibly choose one piece of hardware over another, and also what my top picks are right now for DJ controllers in 2015. Now, the way that this works uh, in the guide is I've broken it down into three different categories, right? Because DJ controller market has really exploded in the past three or five years. 
So there's a lot of options, a lot of price points, a lot of different approaches and things, and the market has evolved a bit. And so it can be intimidating to make these kind of decisions if you're ready to buy a controller, whether it's your first one or you just want to try something else. So I've kind of broken broken them down into budget controllers, mid-level controllers, and premium controllers. The premium controllers are basically, they set price points, anything $1,000 and above of the original manufacturer's recommended price. Okay, so premium controllers over $1,000. Mid-level, mid-range controllers, kind of your bang for buck range. These are around $500 to $1,000. And then the budget level, entry level controllers, they're anything under $500. Everything that I recommend today is going to be Uh, Unless I mention otherwise, we will talk about some other options later, but all these are going to be all-in-one controllers, which means that you can control at least two decks. It's got built-in sound, uh, sound interface, so you don't have to have something separate like an Audio 8 DJ or Audio 10 DJ or whatever kind of external sound card. It's got all that built in. It's got, you know, you can plug your headphones into it. Uh, queuing ability and all that kind of stuff. It's basically an all-in-one system so that besides maybe a laptop or something, it's got everything that you need to be able to DJ right out of the box, including software. Now, some of the different price ranges vary on what kind of software comes with a controller, and I I want to stop and take a moment to talk about software because it's it's pretty important when it comes to choosing a piece of hardware, specifically a controller, because different controllers, while they're all kind of MIDI assignable, in other words, these are all MIDI MIDI capable controllers, which means they can be programmed to be used or mapped in basically any DJ software to some extent. But a lot of controllers and pieces of software are meant to work together. Native Instruments is huge on this. For example, I have a Control S8 at home, and we'll talk about the S8 here in a little bit. But it is you are wasting a lot of money if you buy a Control S8 to use it with Serato DJ. It is meant for Tractor, and you're only going to get about half the features if you don't use it as such. So... That's why I kind of mention software first, because if you have a preferred piece of software that you're already using, you're already invested in, or you prefer, uh, myself, I'm a tractor guy, I have a lot of Serato friends, I have virtual DJ friends, Uh, those are kind of the big three, in my opinion, as far as software goes, other than Rekordbox, which is kind of a different beast. It's not really DJ software, though it is going that direction, but we'll talk about that on a future episode, (laughs) but... Uh, The big players in the kind of mid-range and above group for DJ controllers are Serato DJ and Tractor Pro 2 currently. Uh, That's not to say that you can't use anything else, but those are kind of the big players. And so I kind of base most of my controllers around those two pieces of software. When you get down to the budget line and some of the mid-range, they'll come with kind of neutered versions of those of that software so you know tractor dj le or, or uh, tractor le or whatever they're calling it now it's like a two deck version uh same thing with serato they have uh you know light versions so they might only control two decks or have less effects or whatever which in the case of a lot of budget controllers they're only two channel anyway it doesn't really matter 
and you can often just pay for the upgrade to the full software if you want to do more with it. So, anyways, software, big part of your decision. If you already use a piece of software, then you're probably going to want to base your decision on the software you use. If you're not sure or you want to change, then it's kind of uh, open season for you. So, first thing I want to do is go over some tips for choosing the right controller. Okay, so... There are a lot of things that you need to consider when you're trying to decide on a controller. So here's some tips to help you make the most of it. Many controllers, especially the lower priced controllers, like I said, they come with light versions of the software. So if you want to upgrade to a higher version of the software, many manufacturers will allow you to do that. But you need to bear in mind that if you're, say, upgrading a two-channel controller because you want four deck control and you have no real way to control those other two decks then you might be uh, kind of wasting your money so you might also want to think of future growth where do you want to go as a dj or are you ever going to need more than two channels maybe you don't care about that right now just something to keep in mind what's coming in the future i recommend staying away from budget controllers entirely if you're into scratching or you're trying to learn scratching. A lot of low-end controllers call themselves scratching controllers, but that doesn't mean I would recommend that you use it for that. They just often don't have desirable uh, jog wheels, basically. They're just not uh, the same quality jog wheels. They don't feel the same. Not to say that you can't scratch functionally on just about anything with a rotating platter and a sharp crossfader, but if you're learning scratching, I would recommend that you at least get a higher quality controller with really good solid jog wheels. You might want to prioritize jog wheels. Uh, or maybe just get a turntable and, and use that. And some of these controllers will work standalone and they have inputs for things like turntables. So you could get a controller based on whatever features you want and then just add a turntable in for scratching. You know, this is all up to you. This is something that you'll have to decide. But Budget controllers just might not be the best idea for that. Another thing is to pay close attention to your connectivity options. And what I mean by that is what kind of plugs and ports are on the device that you're about to buy and which ones do you need, which ones may you need in the future. This is getting better as DJ controllers mature, but for a while, you know, there was a, a problem with even some higher-end controllers didn't have a separate booth output which people who are using it as their main mixer uh, rightfully had some complaints about. Uh, the tra original Tractor Control S4 was infamous for this. Pay attention to, you know, ask yourself how you'll be hearing sound that comes out of your controller. You've got to get that signal to sp some speakers. So will you be connecting it directly to some set of powered speakers that you have? Will you be daisy chaining to a separate mixer as part of a bigger setup? You know, how are you going to get that sound from your controller, or more specifically, the audio interface on your controller, to your speakers? How is that going to happen, and will you have the right ports and cables and things to do that? Uh, another big thing to ask yourself is how much time that you plan on spending DJing live, or at least how much you hope to. So if you're a new DJ and you're just learning the ropes, you know, it's it makes a lot of sense to find a controller that works well within a low budget 
so that you can try things out because you're going to make no matter what if you pick any of these recommendations you're going to be making a huge upgrade by going from a keyboard and mouse to just about any all-in-one controller so but if you're a professional club dj already who mixes digitally it might be worth it for you to make that investment in your craft and go with a higher end setup one that fits with your chosen software Um, especially if the venue that or venues that you play at don't provide hardware that you play on some clubs will provide cdjs and a pioneer mixer which is fine some don't so it just depends on what your needs are another thing is if you're a mobile dj if you're running a business especially you know if you created a business and you do you know wedding gigs a couple times a month and that sort of thing your premium and mid-level setups are great for that for weddings uh, graduation parties sweet 16s corporate events anywhere where you need a very mobile setup they're compact they're fully featured it's everything you need in one package but once again you know you're running a business make sure that you're willing to make that investment whatever makes sense for your level of business your level of um i guess how much live editing and mixing that you do and those types of gigs because everybody's different right and every every uh dj is different every show is different so make sure that you've got all the features you need all the connectivity options you need and just as a side note get a bunch of cords and adapters and just keep buying them and stuffing them in a bag and bring them leave them in your trunk everywhere you go because they will save your life more than once more than twice over and over again i've had to save myself and even my friends with just some little adapter that they didn't put in their gig bag or whatever so definitely make sure that you're prepared and then um, if you're just a bedroom dj kind of a hobbyist you just want to play around you can pick whatever makes you happy you know it's all dependent on how much money you want to invest now i bring all this up because i get a lot of questions you know to the email list and that sort of thing of people asking what i recommend to them what what controller or or whatever i recommend to them and at a certain level it's just it it's whatever you want you know and you might overspend i have been guilty of that myself there are some things where i've just spent more than i actually needed to spend for my needs just because you know i like new toys and that's kind of part of the fun too and i'm not going to get on anybody's case for that but i just want to make sure that i help you make an informed decision to help you only spend what you need to and then anything above and beyond that is on you so i know how that gear acquisition syndrome goes so i want to start out talking with the budget controllers because this is probably the biggest demographic of people who need help choosing because this is probably their first controller they're either a brand new dj or they've they're getting back into it after a long hiatus and they used to play on turntables or cdjs and now they want to get into a full digital setup and want to try it out so there are a lot of people looking for these kind of controllers you know they're entry level they help you get your feet wet they're well suited to you know more advanced djs who just want a backup system or something that's really portable they can just pick up and grab and take to their friends uh, house party and that sort of thing nice and compact lightweight and don't cost a whole lot of money you might not find the same kind of build quality as some of the higher priced controllers but i tried to pick controllers in this range that didn't look and feel like plasticky toys because that's been a problem historically with this budget range of controllers is they all just kind of looked like 
playing DJ Hero, you know what I mean? So they're getting better, and uh, so I try to pick some that... I based the decisions around features, but I also tried to get something that looks like it belongs in a DJ booth. You know, none of these should necessarily be considered professional gear, but they're just very price-conscious ways to try your hand at DJing, so... And, oh, by the way, before I go on, I want to mention that you can go to you can go to the guide if you want to follow along or if you want to check it out later. You can go to passionatedj.com slash controllers and go to this guide. And there are various links here if you, you know, I list all these different controllers and you can, I list the advertised price and then I list what I call the street price, which is basically what it's selling for right now on Amazon. Electronics like this from popular companies, that's usually... You're going to get the best price at Amazon as you will at any other retailer. So I link to the street price and the reviews on Amazon right here so that you can see just besides my little overview what other people are saying about it. And I also include a little video that expands and shows a little demonstration of that controller. Now, when you click on any of these uh, like street price or reviews links that link you to Amazon. In the interest of full disclosure, I want to tell you all that those are affiliate links. And what that means is if you decide after clicking on one of those that you want to buy the controller that I'm talking about, if you buy it from Amazon through that link, I will get a commission for that at no additional cost to you. Okay, and I always am very honest about that because I want you to know that I am recommending these because I th- I think that they are appropriate for the criteria for each price range and stuff. But I want to make sure that you know that if you do buy through that, I do get a commission from Amazon for recommending that product to you and it leading to a sale. That doesn't cost anything more for you, and you are more than welcome to avoid clicking those links or going to somewhere else or to your local shop and buying them. But um, I mention that because I don't want anybody to think that I'm doing anything dishonest here. I'm very open about that sort of thing. And uh, some people have even gone to pages like this and intentionally clicked links and then bought what they were going to buy anyway just to thank me for putting this information together for them. So if you are one of those people, thank you very much. And, um, you know, no obligation to buy through them, but I just wanted to make that very clear. So probably one of the most popular controllers in the budget range has been for many years the Newmark Mixtrack Pro. The third edition of this is out now. This is the Mixtrack Pro 3. It's advertised at $299 and it comes with Serato DJ Intro. But right now as I look at it on Amazon it is selling for $149. Now this is for other people in the US by the way. So I don't know uh, as far as international shipping and things like that. You'll have to check obviously whether or not they will ship to you but i'm just telling you based on you know in the contiguous 48 states it's 149 dollars in free shipping so it's a really great deal it's got two nice big jog wheels on it um one thing i like about this controller is it's got long pitch faders so that's great for anybody who is a new dj that wants to learn how to beat match manually because You've got that long throw pitch fader where you can really dial in the uh, the BPM and match up the two tracks. So, And it even has touch strips, which is really cool at this price point, You know where you can skim around the tracks, uh, scrub through tracks just using your finger. That's something that uh, is a very pioneer approach that you don't usually see at this price point, 150 bucks. That's pretty cool. It's got 
individual cha- channel metering as well, which some controllers uh, on the budget line don't have. That means it just has the little LED meters next to each channel so that you can dial in the gain individually, which is something that I find important. So I always point that out in this price range. So this is a controller that you might want to choose if you have fat fingers <laughs> because it's very spaced out, well-designed, and it's larger than it needs to be, but it, it keeps it from being crowded. Uh, it's a great one to choose if you want to learn manual beat matching because the jog wheels are nice and chunky and everything's just really solid. So that's the Mixtrack Pro 3. Another option, there are two Pioneer controllers in this range. The first is the DDJ WeGo 3, and the second is the DDJ SB. All the Pioneer's controllers are DDJ-something, and they've got two in this price range. The WeGo 3 is advertised at $359, and let's see, it's selling for $297 as we speak right now. And then the SB, which looks a lot more like Pioneer's higher-end controllers, just a little bit smaller and simpler, is advertised at $399 and is selling for $305. So this is just kind of a matter of preference. Personally, I like the SB because it just looks and feels like the rest of Pioneer's stuff. It's got the little feedback rings like you see on CDJs where it spins through the middle and if you grab the jog wheel and pull it back or scratch or anything like that, the ring moves around kind of showing you the record position. The WeGo 3 is a little bit of a a different design. The buttons are kind of placed a little strangely. You know, it's a very compact controller. Both controllers come with Serato DJ Intro, but the WeGo 3 also works with Algorithms DJ2. The WeGo 3 works right out of the box with iOS. So if you want to get into iPad DJing, the WeGo is a great choice for you. It's got a very small footprint and a great software support. I mean, there's uh, mappings and things out there for Virtual DJ, Serato DJ, Algorithm DJ, Tractor Pro 2. So it's very versatile as far as software support goes. It doesn't look as pro as the SB, but man, it's about the cheapest way you're going to get into iPad DJing uh, as far as all-in-ones go. So choose the WeGo 3 if you are aren't sure which software platform you want to try because it's very friendly in that regard Um, or you want a lot of functions in a small space you want to try iPad DJing the SB is more set up like the uh, the CDJs or the more advanced controllers provided by Pioneer the jog wheel tension feels like CDJs Uh, it's a little more professional looking It has very limited effects controls, but I think that it's a great option for anybody looking to get into DJing. So a surprising entry here is the Gemini G2V. Now, historically, I haven't recommended Gemini products because they they just kind of don't have a track record of really high build quality and that sort of thing. But this is really a great controller. It's really solid build. It's got massive connectivity options. It actually ships with Virtual DJ LE. And I mean, listen to all these ports. It has balanced RCA ports, uh, XLR, booth output, auxiliary in, mic in. It's got a lot of features that are normally reserved for more expensive controllers. Now, the buttons are kind of clicky and it's a heavy controller, but the jog wheels are big. The pitch faders are pretty big. 
uh, really it's a, a pretty good controller and I think you should definitely give it some consideration if you're looking for a controller in this price range. Right now it's selling for Amazon, uh, on Amazon for $238.99. So great price point for that controller. And then finally in the budget range we've got Reloops Beat Mix 2. Now, Reloops controllers are all pretty similar, kind of like Pioneers, where they just, depending on the price point, you can kind of recognize it as a Reloop controller. They're all very well built, nice and sturdy, big-ass jog wheels, okay, well designed. I really like Reloops controllers. The Beatmix 2 is currently selling for $291, so really a great, uh, great value. High build quality on a budget. If that's your concern, the Beat Mix 2 is the way to go. It comes with Serato DJ intro as well. The only thing I don't like about this particular controller is there are no LED meters for the channels. So I, it's one of those things you've got to stare at your laptop for. And I really try to put metering on the device. So that would be my only kind of negative comment about the Beat Mix 2. Okay, so moving on to the mid-level all-in-one controllers. These are my top five. These are, once again, priced between $500 and $1,000. This is the bang-for-buck range. This is probably where most people look if, they've, if they're not brand-new DJs. This is probably where you're going to want to look as far as getting the most value for your dollar. So I've got the Denon DJ MC6000 MK2. That's a mouthful, but this is a very compact mobile all-in-one controller. It's four channels, so we're getting into four channels now. All of the previous options in the budget range, by the way, are two-channel controllers at, right out of the box. So you kind of need to start looking at least mid-range if you want to do any more than two channels. These ones are all four-channel in this range with one exception, which we'll talk about in a moment. But the MC6000 Mark II version, very rugged, very high quality for the price. It's advertised at $899 and is currently selling for $699. So a lot of value, but you do need to add $129 if you want to upgrade to the full version of Serato DJ if you want to get full use out of this so it is going to cost you a little more money even so it's a great controller the only thing about it is it's a little bit cramped um, because they did give it a pretty small footprint the design's just a little bit cramped so if you've got fat fingers once again this might not be the choice for you there are no performance pads so if that's important to you you'll want to skip over this one but if you want a fully functional Serato controller, that is with a software upgrade, on a small footprint, this is a great option. Now, we've been doing a lot of talking about Serato so far, but this is a good time to to dive into Tractor because the Mark II version of the Tractor Control S4 is another still a great option for Tractor users in this price range. I'm a long-time Control S4 user. I bought one when they first came out in 2011 and it served me well for years. This is the uh, second revision, the Mark II version of the Control S4. It's very er ergonomically pleasing. It's uh, easy to use. Everything's got a pretty decent feel. Uh, the tractor integration is really the selling point of this or really any native instruments piece of hardware as far as DJing goes. I mean, it's just, it's perfectly designed by native instruments for native instrument software and it really shows the reason that i'm 
personally a Native Instruments user is because of that tight integration. It's kind of the same reason that I'm an Apple user, a Mac user. Some There are some benefits to just playing within the ecosystem. And, and when it comes to live performance, I appreciate that. You know, the manufacturer knowing all the ins and outs of their own software and hardware as they're designing it. It gives me a warm fuzzy about performing live. <laughs> but uh, anyway, this is also a great option for anybody who wants to use iOS because it also, the Mark II version of the S4 and the S2, which is the two-channel version of this controller, they both support Tractor DJ for iPad right out of the box or for uh, iPhone. And Tractor DJ software has gotten pretty darn good uh, on the mobile platform. So $699 for the S4. And the S2 is very similar and, in fact, is probably a better option if you're only wanting to use it for iPad because uh, Tractor DJ at this time only supports two tracks anyway. And the S2 sells for $399 on Amazon right now. So great option. Uh, not much difference between that and the S4. The only thing about them, there's no standalone mode, you know, as far as uh, using it just as a mixer without any software being used. Uh, like the S8, for example, which we'll talk about later. The uh, A lot of the higher-end Pioneer controllers and stuff, you can use them as standalone mixers. That is not the case with this controller. So this is one that you'll want to choose if you're a tractor user who needs four channels but doesn't want the features or the expense of the S8 because the S8 is much more expensive four-channel controller that we'll talk about in the premium lineup. So that's the Control S4 Mark II. Now Pioneer has another entry here for Serato DJ. The DDJSR. This is the kind of the next step up from the SB we talked about. It's still a two-channel controller. It's the only two-channel in this range. Uh, it's selling for about 600 bucks on Amazon as we speak. Now, one thing I really like about this controller is that it's fully USB powered. There's no external AC adapter or anything needed. So that just makes it very portable, very easy to use. All you got to do is slap it into a USB port, and you're ready to go. It's a very professional looking controller and uh, just has a great solid feel to it. It looks like anything that you would expect from the rest of the DDJ lineup. It is missing the standalone mode, so this one also cannot be used as a mixer all by itself, but still a great controller. It's missing the RGB backlit pads, but it does have good high quality pads. So if you've ever used a higher-end Pioneer controller with pads on it, they'll feel the same, but they just won't light up in pretty different colors and have, give you that sort of visual feedback. But if you want a really portable Serato setup, uh, just no-nonsense, slap it into USB port and go. It'll feel right at home in any, any DJ booth, so this is a great option. Now, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention Reloop once again in this price range because their Terminal Mix 8 fits very nicely into this lineup. Now the Terminal Mix 8, I actually was sent a unit to play with for a couple weeks. And so I recorded a video of me using it and what my thoughts are, kind of a video review. And so that is the video that I've included with this one in the guide at passionatedj.com slash controllers. If you scroll down to Reloop Terminal Mix 8 and say see video, you'll be able to actually hear in my own voice more about this controller. That's a great option. It's selling for about 700 bucks. It's great build quality, very solid controls, those big, huge reloop jog wheels, and it comes with the full version of Serato DJ. Uh, it's a very pretty controller. 
and I was actually, if I'm being completely honest, when I first turned it on, I was a little bit nervous because it comes up with this really pretty light show when you just first turn it on and it's not connected to anything. And I was almost a little bit worried that it was going to be more of a toy than a tool, but uh, I was quickly proven wrong on that. I mean, it's really just a great controller. It's very solid uh, very for the price, but you are losing channel meters for your third and fourth channel uh, dedicated ones and dedicated master out meters so it does have onboard metering but it's one of those where you have to switch back and forth so you can't see them all at once that's a little frustrating but other than that man it's just a great controller i had a great time with it once again no standalone mode on this one so if your plan is to use serato dj you're going to keep it all in the box this really is just one of the best dedicated controllers for that i really enjoy the reloop tm8 and then finally, the Newmark NV. Now, this was a newer controller. This was another Serato DJ controller. And this was the first one that we saw that had onboard screens. And uh, it's still the only one in existence for Serato DJ as I record this. So if you want to use Serato and you don't want to stare at laptop at your laptop, this is the choice for you. Uh, it's got incredible value. I mean, it's advertised at $7.99, and let's see, it is currently selling for $6.99 on Amazon. It's very slim. There is no standalone mode, once again, so none of these you're really going to be able to use as an independent mixer. It has performance pads, but they're kind of small, but really overall it's just a great controller, and if you want to be able to close your laptop or put it off to the side and you're a Serato user, look into the Newmark NV. Okay, so that wraps up our mid-range controllers. Now we're getting to the good stuff. <laughs> the top shelf, premium level, all-in-one DJ controllers. These are the ones that make your wallet ache, but are completely just cream of the crop when it comes to full in-the-box solutions. Professional grade controllers, they all have a high level of integration with their so intended software. Very feature-rich controllers, so these are all full DJ mixing stations that are geared towards the club DJ on the go, the performer who wants to take advantage of sort of the, the live remix elements of a lot of these more expensive controllers such as uh, remix decks on tractor or Serato flip and that sort of thing. So, um, or just for the serious hobbyist who uh, is willing to, to fork out the cash. So for some, these are these controllers are overkill, and uh, for others, they are lifesavers. So as far as the premium lineup goes, you really can't go wrong if you choose one that controls the software of your choice. It all comes down to personal preference at this point. These are all great options. So I've mentioned the S8 a couple of times, so let's start there. The Tractor Control S8. This is Native Instruments' flagship controller for Tractor. It's also the only all-in-one controller mentioned today that doesn't have jog wheels. So, if you are insistent on having jog wheels, this is not the controller for you. Just write it right off. Now, that being said, Control S8 is what I'm currently using. At home, I've got it sitting in between my two 1200s, my two turntables. And this is a standalone mixer, so I can use it to mix my records without even getting my laptop out. I can't use, there's no built-in effects and everything other than the filters do work in standalone mode. So if I just want to go in there and mix a couple of records or, or CDs or something, I can do that. But the the level of integration with Traktor, with its software, is just unheard of. I mean, it supports 
remix decks and flux mode stems and all these different new dj technologies uh right out of the box as if it were designed right for those tasks i mean it's just everything is touch sensitive all the knobs so when you touch one of the knobs to make an adjustment something on the screen you know this is the other controller that has screens so something on the screen will slide up show you what you changed and what value to and then you let go and it slides away it's just a really smart user interface that i really appreciate so this is a great option for just people who want that top tier tractor experience you can get this on amazon right now for a thousand bucks so if you want the laptop out of your face and you're all in on tractor Man, I can't really recommend anything other than the S8 if you can uh, get past not having jog wheels. Now, if you're like me, it's got built-in DVS support, which means it supports uh, Tractor Scratch right out of the box. So I've got it between my two turntables, and I use it that way so I can actually use my timecode records. And so I can scratch on it if I want. I can do all that kind of stuff. But I have played it standalone at some gigs. Uh, using touch strips instead of jog wheels and i had no complaints i didn't even miss them to be honest so if you can get past it this is a great option now kind of going the complete other direction is the newmark ns7 2 this is the self-proclaimed best controller dj controller ever made now that's for you and i to decide but it's definitely a great option this one sells for about 1600 bucks this is a serato dj controller four channels the unique thing about this particular controller is that it has motorized platters it's got seven inch vinyl platters that actually spin their mechanical so it really feels like playing records other than their i mean they're small records but it feels like playing records you can adjust the the tension on them and everything so that it feels the way you want everything actually spins and moves it's huge it's heavy uh, it does have standalone mode but there are no hardware filters so I don't know if if you're going to be doing a lot of mobile gigs. This might be a little bit cumbersome, but especially for home use or if you like the feel of mixing records or you do a lot of scratching, this is just an awesome option. I mean, how can you beat uh, real rotating vinyl if you're if you're a scratch DJ or that that kind of uh, performer and you can't just carry around a pair of turntables everywhere? <laughs> this is a great option. So now we're going to get into the rest of these are going to be pioneer in this price range now the first one i'm going to mention is kind of an oddball because it doesn't necessarily it's not really a dj controller it's actually a standalone dj system it's meant to be used with pioneer's record box software the same way that cdjs are used so um, but it actually does have a built-in screen as well so this is the third device on the list so far that has a screen right on the unit but it's meant to be used standalone you take a uh, usb stick slap it in the uh, usb port and you've got your record box prepared tracks in there it does quantized looping and all that stuff as long as you've prepared it within record box other than that it's just like using a pair of cdjs and uh, a djm mixer other than it's two channels uh, it doesn't have all the pioneer effects from like the 900 or the 2000 but it's got some of those kind of color effects and everything built in standalone mixer capability you can record directly to usb device it's got that big fat seven inch single display really just a cool option this goes for about 1500 bucks so this is the only option on the list right now that is truly entirely standalone as in you don't have to connect it to any kind of computer or mobile device 
it's all built into the unit so definitely check out the xdj rx if that interests you the other two options are a little more traditional the ddj sx2 this is the second version of the popular ddj sx this was a very popular controller by pioneer that kind of started getting people to pay more attention to controllers as a professional device because it has a very cdj uh, look and feel to it it inherits the uh, high quality pads and digital cue display from its big brother the sz it's really just a solid controller high quality if you like the cdj workflow but you can't afford the five or six thousand dollars it costs to get that kind of setup this is a much better much more reasonable option for serato users uh, right around a thousand bucks and then of course the sz is the ultimate controller for c for pioneer fans this thing I don't even know what to say. It's everything that CDJ fans could ever want for from an all-in-one controller. It's going to cost you about two grand, so it's the most expensive device on this list, which is why I mentioned it last. But it is truly a flagship-level controller. It's got big 8.1-inch jog wheels with that center display, you know, from the CDJs. It's got adjustable jog tension. It's got those large pads, like on the SX all RGB backlit. It's got DVS functionality built in like the S8. Another really cool thing about the SZ is it's got dual USB ports, which means you can switch from one DJ to another pretty much flawlessly. The only really downside, I mean, that, that you can point out for this is that it's prohibitively expensive for a lot of people. I mean, $2,000 is a lot of cash to drop on a controller, but when you compare it to what it's trying to emulate, the CDJ and DJM 900 setup, there is no better option for Serato. This is a club standard look and feel. It's a great all-around controller. I can't recommend it enough. I don't own one, but I know a couple people who do, and they are just absolutely in love with this thing. If you can afford, if you can bring yourself to spend it, this is a great option for Serato users. So. That covers all the all-in-one controllers that I recommend currently for 2015. Once again, you can read reviews about all these, watch videos, and get the most accurate, up-to-date, current selling price for these controllers by going to passionatedj.com forward slash controllers. Now, I did want to take a moment here at the end of the podcast to talk about modular solutions because... So far, we've been talking about these all-in-one devices, right? They've got either two or four channels and a built-in sound card and all this stuff, and it's a great option for people who want everything to work right out of the box. But some people, they like to kind of put their their setups together a little more piecemeal. So that's another approach that you can take if you'd rather have, for example, a regular hardware mixer and then something like a Control X1, which will help you control your effects and your transport controls for Tractor while uh, using timecode records, then you can do that. Or you can build an all-digital setup using pieces. And the example I give in the guide is if you use the Tractor Control D2, which is a new, newer device from Native Instruments, this is kind of, if you take the S8, you know, the all-in-one controller, no jog wheels. If you take that and you you cut off the left side of it that just controls one deck, so you've got your, your pads, your touch strip, your play and cue, uh, your screen, your effects controls, 
your remix deck controls, all that stuff. It's like slicing that section off the controller and just having it be one little standalone device. So one example I give is you can take two of those D2 controllers and put it together with a Tractor Control Z2, which is a standalone mixer from Native Instruments, and you basically have built an S8 in pieces. Uh, it's a little different. The mixing section's a little different, but... So you get the idea. So that's something else that some other approach that you can take, putting other little pieces together to build your setup. Now, some people have an existing setup that they like, but they want to add some new feature to their setup. For example, the Reloop Neon, which I have right now, actually, I have a unit to uh, mess with. So I'll be putting together a video of that. You can use this to control a Serato Flip if you just want to add that functionality to your existing setup. You get a little small, you know, a controller the size of a, maybe a small tablet or a large phone. It's got a set of performance pads and a couple of knobs on it. Slap that onto the side of your setup, and there you go. You've added that functionality and didn't need to buy a whole new setup. So that's basically all I have to say about that because there are so many modular solutions out there, so many different things depending on what you want to do. If you're not sure what controller you think that you should get as far as a modular controller goes just uh, go to the show notes at passionatedj.com forward slash 020 and leave a comment and i'll do my best to give my advice to you all right so that's going to wrap up my tips tricks and top picks for dj controllers and i hope that this is a lot of use to you and if you uh, check out the guide on uh, passionatedj.com this guide is an ever-evolving guide that i'm going to go back to and update been going since 2013 and i recently did a big update for 2015 since we're halfway through and um, i imagine that when the 2016 update of this guide comes along we'll do another recap podcast episode just like this one so that you can stay on top of things so i hope you enjoyed this episode and we'll see you for episode 21 take care guys Thanks for listening to the Passionate DJ Podcast at www.passionatedj.com. Check out the fan page at facebook.com slash passionatedj or on Twitter at DJ with Passion. And always remember to keep on spinning. Uh.